We've all heard it said that the love of money is the root of all evil. But what does loving money look like exactly? Today on The Catholic Money Show, we're going to dive deep into how every one of us, despite our income level, needs to be aware of how loving money could lead us to places we don't want to go. I don't know about you, John, or Mm. those who might be listening, but the caricature that I'm tempted to think of when I hear the love of money is the root of all evil is some plot straight out of a a movie, (laughs) a book, or, you know, splattered on the news, you know, the millionaire or the Mm -hmm. billionaire. It starts with the money and then it's power. And then they're into corruption and lying and embezzlement and theft and drugs and sex track trafficking and they're above the law and there's shady backroom deals and there's tax evasion and there's murder. Have you been watching too much Netflix? What do you mean? The Murdoch murders. It's the big thing right now. Is it? Yes. Well, yes. Yes, I did watch that one. (laughs) We watched it as homework (laughs) for this episode. If you're not familiar, I don't think you need to go run out to your television and watch this thing. Uh, But you may have heard about it. It just came out. Uh, and it's documenting, I don't know how great of a, I wouldn't say it's a documentary, but it's no, documenting it's this court case that's actually playing out in the courts right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At the time of recording this. Of this guy who's accused of murdering uh, his son and his wife. And then there are these other murders that get kind of brought into it. And this episode is not going to be a true crime podcast. <laughs> We're not going to try to Monday morning quarterback this thing. We're not going to engage in <laughs> gossip or calumny or detraction or slander or anything for anybody in there. We're just saying, Hey, there's this Netflix series that just came out. It's if you've been, if you, if you've gone onto Netflix, you've seen it. Oh, they've been pushing in the it. top one or two, or just in that big, like splash screen when you log on. So you've probably seen that. Or you've seen it being covered in the news because it's happening right now. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have just been pointing to that or to that guy, to that family and saying, right, there it is. There it is. That is the love of money. A lot of things that you, Amanda, mentioned at the top (laughs) of the episode, corruption, above the law, drugs, all that stuff. And while nobody, I mean, we don't know the whole story. Right. People are trying to paint a picture. Sure. Of course. It's easy, though, to see how accessibility to money without having well-formed uh, virtue in your life mm-hmm. is going to lead to, of course, not stewarding it well, but also that money can then be a source of a lot of pain in that person's life, in their family's life, and even can bleed out into the rest of the community. Oh, my goodness. I mean, this entire drama, it's a three-episode drama, it was painful to watch. This is not pleasant yeah, I stuff. Wouldn't ref- I wouldn't. To be to be honest, I mean, it's really not. You're watching the destruction of a soul, mm. uh, or in, in many soul, like the the actions of of one person is rippling out, and you're watching that kind of negatively impact and hurt families and real people and real lives have been lost in this entire situation and. You know, honestly, the whole thing made me want to pray for yeah, those who are involved and uh, for just a conversion of heart away from some of the things they've gotten tangled into. Mm. Um, because really, it, it's become a complete mess. 
And so the love of money is the root of all evil. It really can be. But while this might be an example, it's really easy to say, oh, there it is. There it is. See Mm -hmm. those corrupt millionaires, those people who have money, little old me, upper middle class, or, you know, maybe just straight up middle class, or maybe even low income. Oh, I don't have enough money to, to do any evil, (laughs) (laughs) let alone live. So that doesn't apply to me. But we do ourselves a disservice if we think that the only way the love of money can manifest is in all these insane extremes, Mm -hmm. you know, extremes of sin, Mm -hmm. then we're going to miss something in our own lives because the love of money, it can be in our lives at every economic status. Mm -hmm. Even if we don't have any money at all, I'm sure, Mm -hmm. gosh, I'd even love to get, you know, if a, a religious or uh, on here, you know, a brother or a sister who's taken a vow of poverty and see how the, the love of money might even still play out to certain extents in their own life. Yeah. You know, it can still play. Mm. It can still try to grip us. And there's a reason for that. And we'll, we'll talk about it in this episode. Um, that old phrase, is it a song? I don't know, but more money, more problems. More money, more problems. <laughs> yeah, that's a song. That's a song. <laughs> You know why there is a grain of truth in that? <laughs> of course, yes. There's a grain of truth there, whether you're going to handle it badly or with virtue. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is because, like when 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 maybe vice is fueling that. If you have more money behind vice, well, There's you can just problems. take this thing to the extreme. You have unlimited access to cash. You can go ahead and take those vices to the max. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we've seen a, countless examples of that. This billionaire and their life unravels, blah, 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 blah. Next week, it's a new billionaire. You know, we see this play out all the time. But most of us, we've got a built-in limit. Um, St. Ignatius, in his spiritual exercises, which are incredible, incredible perception of the spiritual battle that we all face. If you have never steeped yourself in the spiritual exercises, make it a thing you do this year. It's so rich. It's so good. Um, St. Ignatius breaks things down so well. But one of the things that he talks about is that the first thing uh, that Satan will often use to tempt a soul away from our Lord is money. Mm. Because money and power, they're cousins. (laughs) 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 They like to play and they, they easily are one of those First things that the enemy will use on our souls to distract us away from the Lord because yeah, with money can come power or can come control. And, you know, it's also just difficult to manage large sums of money. Maybe you're striving to, to do it virtuously. It really requires a ton of inner work. If you are going to have a large sum of money entrusted to you by God, it, 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 inquire requires you to be grounded in humility to steward it well this is a huge responsibility a huge responsibility and anybody who says like when i hear people be like oh if i just won the lottery they don't know what they're asking for Mm -mm. they don't know what they're asking for this is like somebody saying when they're 20 years old that they want to be ceo or be president (laughs) they don't have the experience to realize yet that the burden of Christ-like leadership 
It costs. It is the grain of wheat that falls to the ground and dies Mm. and is trampled on and ground up Mm -hmm. in the crucible of humility. Like to lead and to lead well and to have large sums of money entrusted to you. Oh my, so much humility is required. So much commitment to virtue, so much death to self in order to handle that well. And so, yes, more money can mean more problems sometimes, which is why it's essential to be a committed and mature disciple of Christ when it is our reality to handle any sum of money, but especially a large sum of money. Certainly. Going back to those lotto winners, they're more than likely than the average bear to actually file bankruptcy. Yes. So Winning that- the lottery increases your chances <laughs> of going bankrupt. How did that turn out? <laughs> And oh my goodness, so you only have to do one or two Google searches to see that mo money equals mo problems when you win the lottery. Oh my goodness, the drama that it, it tends be, to it attract in people's lives. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. Okay, so all that aside, we watched this drama on Netflix. Mm-hmm. This is a really easy example to just target and say, that's it. That's the love of money. But in this episode, we want to define what does the love of money look like for the average bear? Sure. For those people that are listening. Mm-hmm. I would say the, I mean, let's start in some ways like at the source, right? Where, where do we get this phrase? The love of money is the root of all evil. Well, you can thank St. Paul. Good old St. Paul. When he's writing his letter to Timoth- Timothy, his first Timothy. letter to <laughs> Timothy. Uh, so if you're, if you got your Bibles out, if you're playing along at home, crack them open to first Timothy six. I'm going to pick it up. Um, verse seven, we're going to go down to 10. <clears throat> For we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing with these, we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare into many senseless and hurtful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and have pierced their hearts with many pangs. Oof. Oof. Holy Paul. That says it. That's tough. That cuts Mm. right to it. Now, let's, not, <clears throat> let's add one more scripture verse, and then we'll kind of talk about okay. both of them. Let's do it. Okay. This one <laughs> is from Mark chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. This is the, the parable of the sower and the seeds. Uh, so there's- when, And when Christ is explaining what's going on there. Yeah. Like, why aren't some people responding to this and others are? Well, the sower's- threw the seed out, and then various things are preventing that seed from taking root. In verse 18 and 19, he says this, And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the delight in riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. That's a oh. rebuke if I've ever heard one. <laughs> it's just, I, I, but it's also so convicting. Yeah, I'd say especially that one just is just that one. I don't. It feels more sad 
Mm-hmm. More like I'm watching that happen. I'm seeing that happen, right? I'm seeing the thorns grow up in that person's life mm. and choke it out. I think, I mean, we've now we've been walking with Christ for 20 years. Yeah. We've seen this. We've watched it happen to friends. Unfortunately. And I'll be honest, there's been seasons in our own walk mm. where I didn't know it was happening. It was getting prickly. I didn't well, know, we yeah. but I wasn't being fruitful And then through prayer, I was able to discern like, why aren't there any good fruits? Or like, Mm. why am I not, you know, creating disciples? Like what's going on? And it was clear that just the cares of the world or a delight in riches or just trying to, Mm. trying to get Mm. more was really what my drive was. So anyway, don't want to talk about these too much, but let's unpack both of these. Yeah. So if we we look at the bit of first Timothy there again, Paul is not saying money is evil, Mm-mm. being rich is is a sin. Actually, if later on he goes in and says, this is in 17, he says, as for the rich of the world, charge them not to be haughty nor to set their hopes on uncertain riches, but on God who richly furnishes us with everything to enjoy. They're to do good, to be rich in good deeds, liberal and generous, thus laying up for themselves a good foundation for the future. Mm-hmm. That they may take hold of the life which is life indeed. He doesn't say, as for the rich in the world, charge them to give it all away, charge them to flush it all down the toilet, charge them to light it all on fire. No, nope. not what he asked them to do. He, he activates them. Exactly. He's like, okay, for the rich, they need to use it well. They need to use it for the kingdom. They need to, re- if you read any, they're not using it. He doesn't say any about it using it for yourself. It's all for the good of others. Mm-hmm. And when we think about being rich, oh, if I, if I won the lottery, if I had, if I was like on the, those in the TV movie where the, the rich uncle I never heard of died and gave me everything. <laughs> that's usually out of a, well, then I could this, then I could that, then this suffering in my life would go away. And then after you're taken care of, you think about including other people. If there's any left over, of course, <laughs> after, you know, all the Corvettes and the TVs and the mansions. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> but so when, when he's talking about this, if we go back into that first passage, the, the around 10 or so, it's the, the craving. He says the love of money is the root of all the evils. It's through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith mm. and pierced their hearts with many pangs. This craving, right? It's, it's like, it's similar uh, that other verse in the Bible where it's, you know, Christ d- did not seem, saw, see equality with God, something to be grasped at. Mm-hmm. It's not something to go after. Wealth is not something to go after. Even I'd say, even if your plan is to get rich so I can give a bunch of it away. Mm-mm. Yes. You have to want it rightly. I don't even think that's why you should want it. I don't, I don't know if you should even, that's, that's not the goal. If you, if you end up being successful in business or whatever it is, you end up with a lot of wealth, you're called to handle that mm-hmm. money. Yes. Then you've got a lot of responsibility, but I don't know if that should be the goal. That shouldn't be, mm-hmm. okay, uh, we're, we're going to make a million dollars a year. Maybe by what you do, you end up doing that, but I don't think it's the goal. That is, I think that's going to get your heart with many pangs. Yeah. Well, Paul says like, ultimately just keep your eye on the prize. Mm-hmm. Keep every, everything needs to be seen through a heavenly perspective. That's that activation of the wealthy. Mm. They're always looking towards what is to come and they're using and handling their money. Never forgetting that, that reality. 
And you're right, in verse 9 of 1 Timothy 6, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation. And I, you know, this is not something that was, um, I don't know how to describe it other than like, we now own a business and we run a business. And I mm. never ran into people that just flat out would say stuff mm. like, I want to be rich until we got into entrepreneurial circles. Sure, and it sure. really jarred me. Like, of is that the right word? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. okay, good. I oftentimes jarred, yes. misuse words and phrases. Um, it was, um, I just hadn't, that's not how I'm used to hearing people talk. It's almost like it's, it's, um, it's like, but there's what maybe I might end up kind of whispering to myself on the outside is being blatantly declared on the outside. They're saying sure. the quiet part loud, right? Yeah. yeah. I want Leading to be rich. With it. My, the I want to be rich. Goal in my life is I want to be rich. The goal seven figures a year. 10 figures a year. Right. That's, that's oh, wait, the, no, eight figures a year. Sorry. I mean, 10, why not 10, right? <laughs> One out of 11, however much that money that is. Right. But that is like a defining quality of like them waking up every morning. Like we've even enrolled, we've had some like business mentors who we've since parted Classes ways with, stuff, yeah. uh, who got up and did morning money, math meditations, dreaming and scheming about their 10 or their eight figure a year rich life that they mm. were trying to create. Mm. Not for the reasons that Paul suggests, but because they were so in love with the idea and the desire to basically just live a life of luxury. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you watch that, sure. that other Netflix drama, uh, the Tinder swindler, <laughs> <laughs> Um, what's that, that one? Other the other one, with one the with girl. Anna Delvey or whoever, yeah. um, I forget that one mm-hmm. like this, when you, th- that's another way it could manifest, but that's to the extreme again. Um, very few of us are willing to admit that like, I'm showing up because I want to be rich mm. now that again, I, I, I heard that attitude in a lot of just secular business circles mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. that was like the leading quality. I'm starting this business because I want to be rich. I don't want to be like those suckers who work nine to five mm-hmm. and who make pittance. I'm smart. I've figured this out. I'm going to be rich. Like there's something that just ugh, like as a Catholic entrepreneur, that just doesn't fly. Mm-mm. But as we've now made more friends with Catholic entrepreneurs, I've, run into a couple and we've had honest conversations where they're like, that, that actually was the reason I got into this. And then God got a hold of my heart and was, and shook me straight, (laughs) (laughs) shook me straight. And was like, this is all a lure. This is all lies. Mm -hmm. This is just empty. Uh, you could just do this of earning more and wanting more for the rest of your life and never be happy. Mm. And they were so thankful for that, that grace to wake up to that and to, not just be desiring to be rich. And now it's not just like we we're talking about, like this is not just a thing that we see in secular no. entrepreneurism, right? Mm-hmm. We saw that. Oh yeah. Even, even, you know, when a good faithful Catholic enters into this world where we're kind of, kind of being swerved by these other ideas of success. It also 
isn't just entrepreneurs, isn't just people making a bunch of money, isn't mm. just the ultra rich nope. who enter into this. I mean, listen to this bit of Mark four again, but the cares of the world mm -hmm. and the delight of riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word, right? Mm. Cares of the world, delight in riches, desire for other things. Raise your hand if that's ever been you. And I've got two in the air right now. Mm -hmm. Who has, I mean, cares of the world? Who hasn't let that get to us? Absolutely. Delight All the and riches. And you know, I'm real happy when I, you know, I get the, the birthday card in the mail with the check in it or something, or I find the 20 in the pocket. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know if you call those riches. <laughs> Feels like them sometimes, <laughs> but I'm delighting in them. Uh -huh. And that might, you know, it, they're not like the best thing, but. Sure. Minor degree. But there's a, there's a bit there. We delight in that or we, we see certain things or we end up in some sort of a situation where we're in a very nice place, nicer than our usual surrounds. And we're like, Ooh, baby, I like this. Mm -hmm. And then desiring other things, right? Mm -hmm. All the other desires that shoot off of that. Let's look at. I want to look at that because I think this is maybe our way in or where we can find some of the meat on these bones mm -hmm. of what are these other things? What is this desire of riches? What is this temptation um, into many senseless and hurtful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction? Yeah. What are these that things can happen that can choke to the word? Everyone mm -hmm. from a billion dollars a year, richest person on the planet to unemployed, no income. Yeah. I don't have money. Mm -hmm. Yep. What can that look like? Let's do it. So as we were talking about this, um, it was almost like we wanted to insert a, in order to make it more concrete, mm -hmm. insert a different word other than the love of money, because that can seem so broad and general. Mm -hmm. And we found ourselves thinking that, yes, there's, there are other words that you can kind of put in there to help get some meat on them bones, if you will. Um, because really it's what money is making possible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is that snare or like what the, chokes I, you. I love money because it gets me. Exactly. And we, you know, you could insert the love of power, the love of control, the love of comfort, the love of entertainment, the love of laziness. You know, these could the love be of pleasure, the love of just, yeah, pleasure, the love of taste. Mm. These could be <laughs> calling you out. <laughs> um, but so you could almost exchange the love of money with the things that maybe wind up in your confessions, mm. you know, or and, should and should if we actually looked at ourselves the way right. we might. And money is making these oftentimes possible for us in our life. Mm -hmm. And there's usually some sort of financial transaction engaged in those things. Um, now, again, I don't want anybody to mishear me. We're, we're about to go down a list mm -hmm, of very concrete mm -hmm. ways this could show up. This is not a time to fall into scrupulosity. This is not a time to freak out and think that all money is bad and evil and you need to get rid of it. Sometimes you need more money. Yes. Sometimes you need more money to provide for yourself or maybe you have a family. And you, you, we have other podcasts where we have talked about pursuing maximum fruitfulness in the vocation that God has you in. 
uh, in being free so that you can give a generous yes to him. Um, do not mishear us. That's not what we're talking about here. But I could see how somebody could be tempted to think that and to want to tune this entire conversation out. But so while we can want more, that's not the same thing as desiring to be rich. We mm. can want mm. more, but and maybe we do want to be rich so that we can do more. Maybe we have some huge dreams that the Lord has entrusted to us. We're not, you know, maybe the money's not kind of coming to us, but it's going to these missions and ministries and things we want to do. We have to want it for the right reasons. And I'd say with those things, you want the reasons. Yes. You want the missions to happen. You want this thing to get built, whatever it is. You want You're the out, the, the, the ends. And a lot of money coming through happens to be the means that will, that'll make those things happen. Right. And the ends don't justify the means. Nope. So the means have to be moral and ethical, as does the end. And so often we get a little, we can get twisted in the, in the process there, right? And so, again, don't mishear us. Some of you absolutely need a raise. Yep. <laughs> Some of you need more money so that you can say yes to what God's calling you to. Do not think that that is what we're talking about here. This is the love of money, not money or more money. Yes, and the, okay. lo the love of money is not dependent upon your income. It's also not dependent upon the um, gap or lack thereof between your income and your needs. Even if you've got a gap and you legitimately need more, you can still fall into love of money. Right. You have to want to kind of close the gap in, or in the right way. You want to you feed your family. You want to go to mm -hmm. this, send them to the school, whatever it is. Yeah. So... Yes. Don't put on your hair shirt and start hitting yourself <laughs> with scrupulosity, but also don't just brush it off and say that's somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're going to go right honestly, down the middle in true humility mm -hmm. um, and justice, knowing, you know, what's our due, where are we, what's really true mm -hmm. as we go through this. Yeah. I think I heard it recently. <clears throat> it was like somebody asked one of the saints, I want to say St. Ignatius, like, what is the supreme virtue? And he said, humility. And the second is humility. And the third is humility. <laughs> <laughs> and that really is, oh gosh, for some of us, for certain temperaments, man, we think we've gotten it buttoned up. We think we've got this down. We're, <laughs> we're contemplative. We're reflective. We're in tune with ourselves. Mm. Do not be, oh, I mean, I'm, I'm a melancholic choleric. The ability for me to deceive myself is so high. <laughs> so just always be careful. There are some temperaments that are more naturally humble and God bless you and you're, you sanguines and you phlegmatics. <laughs> okay, let's talk about some of these possible ways that we might consider how the love of money might be affecting us. First one might seem a little silly, but being <clears throat> obsessed with getting rich. We just talked about that. We talked yeah. about that, but if it's like, I got to get rich, I want you like just focused on all the material things. Right. We've talked that one to, to death. Yeah, we beat it with that. It seems, it's it sounds silly. so many movies. It's like, you might be, you might, you might have the love of money if you really want to have a lot of money, but <laughs> yeah. it's true. Like we can fall into those things. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. be aware with it. What's another way? Um, you're discontent with what you have. Even though you know, there's something there, if you're discontent in your present moment, 
you're going to be discontent a year from now. You're going to be discontent. You're going to be discontent moment. five years from now. You're going to be discontent with every raise. Discontentment does not have to depend on your financial reality. That's a spiritual issue. Mm. Just this habitual discontentment. You can be at peace even though you're in a financially tough spot. You can be grateful even though right now maybe you're in a season where it's not enough. Discontentment though is something that should be eradicated mm. from our spirits. Yeah, there was a, this guy was asking, he's trying to figure out what's, what's going on with money. He's at, he asked all these really rich people, well, how much is enough? How, how, how much more money do you need to be happy? Mm. And one of them was very honest and he said, just one more dollar. Yeah. He's always, he's always going to be $1 away from being rich, from being happy. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Another one would be you habitually live beyond your means. Mm. Showing that you don't really like the reality of your life. And so you're going to use a credit card or debt to fuel a lifestyle you want, but don't have the a means to afford. It's, it's grasping. Mm hmm out of life you can't afford. And uh, I've heard someone describe this in some ways you could look at it almost as, as lying. You're presenting yourself with a certain amount of success, material success or wealth or possessions, whatever. But it's like your it's, income doesn't back that up. Right. You're presenting a, a false version of yourself to other people. Mm -hmm. Now, certainly sometimes you get in a situation where you put something on a credit card and you reasonably have the ability to pay it back. Okay. But a, a, an extreme version of this would be putting things on a credit card that you don't intend to or can't pay back. That would be immoral at that point. Sure. Yeah. It's not in, not, that would be the love of money, but also theft. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go to this next one. Uh, if you want others to see what you have. Ooh. I don't just want the new iPhone that just came out because it's so cool and the camera is this much better than the one I have or whatever. But I'm going to make sure that I'm talking on it when I'm walking down the street because I want people to see that mm. I'm holding it in my hand. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say this purchase or that purchase is never yeah. with, within your prudence or discretion. Of course. But if there's anything under there, that wants other people to see it and think well of you. You've got to go to prayer and unroot that before mm. you do it. Because that, it just, ah, you've got to do that. It's so important yeah. to not have that be a motive. And then anytime it tries to flare up, you kill it dead immediately. Mm -hmm. <laughs> One tiny little way this has manifested in our life the tiniest, silliest way ever. What is it? My grandmother, when she passed away, she had this beautiful silk scarf. It's gorgeous. I love it. Oh, it's Maybe very cool looking. It's so pretty. It's yeah, like floral flowers and, and, and stuff cream on it. colored really cool. and champagne. And it's a Gucci. And it was. Just happens. I have no idea how your <laughs> grandma got that. She is <laughs> not a Gucci we, lady. We don't really know the story. No idea. But how it I happened. have looked up online. It's real. This scarf, it's, it's real. Um, it was, you know, hundreds of dollars. Uh, and anytime I wear it, there's a little part of me that wants to arrange it in such a way. 
<laughs> so that the Gucci brand is visible as I'm wearing it. <laughs> and then every time I put it on, you know, we kind of joke over that and then I hide it. <laughs> and then nobody ever knows it's Gucci. <laughs> Cause I'm not going to give that part of me the light of day. You're like hilarious. it doesn't get to come out and give anybody false impressions about me. You know, that, that I'm not going to feed the beast. <laughs> Nothing else in our life would, uh, tempt me, but I have one scarf, <laughs> but no, that really is a thing to consider before you make a purchase. All right. Next one. Ooh, 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 this one's going to hurt. If you aren't giving sacrificially, you have a love of money problem. Oof. Yep. Mm. If you, you know, this is the, we have other podcasts on tithing, but we recommend 10% as the starting line, even when you're getting out of debt. And only if you're not able to make progress and you're not able to provide for your family at a reasonable place, just for your basic needs and still be giving. Okay. Then you maybe look at giving less, but for most of us, 10% is that starting line. And some, you're not even going to feel 10%. Mm-hmm. sacrificial giving, the giving that Paul is activating people to, to move towards who have a lot of resources entrusted to them, who have wealth, they need to be giving it 20%, 30%, 50%, 90% if you're St. Catherine Drexel. Mm-hmm. 10% is the starting line. It is not the finish line. Giving sacrificially is what we are called to as disciples of Christ. And if you are not feeling your giving, If it's not hurting a little bit every single month, every month, I don't do this every month, but every now and again, I look at our giving. I'm like, what I could have done, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's good to see that number and be like, oh, there was a couple vacations and maybe like those can't like I chose to give instead. Mm -hmm. There was a better grocery budget. There was nope. We're giving and we're doing it and it's going to hurt us a bit because we are we want to stretch ourselves and be as generous as we possibly can be. And in, in, in many ways, it combats the love of money. It combats it. It's almost like a, not a, um, I mean, it's the virtue, a it's, it's the a virtue opposing the vice. Yes, absolutely. So this one is huge. And if you're hemming and hawing and you're not given, you need to be looking at more closely if you're struggling with the love of money. Mm-hmm. Cause it, you don't want to give because maybe you're almost afraid of what am I not going to be able to get? Mm. What am I not going to be able to have if I send this money yeah. over there? Yeah. And you're, uh, you're doubting that God will outdo you in that generosity. Sure. And I'm, I'm sure I'm going to butcher it, but I think it was mother Teresa said something along the lines of like, love is like giving until it hurts. And then you give a little more. Is that her? Is that what um. she said? <laughs> I'm sure it was way better. I think it's something like you, <laughs> you give until it hurt. You love until it hurts. And then there's nothing, there's no more hurt. There's only love. There, See, it's it, way better uh, than what I said. That's still not exact, but, but it's that's true. That's closer than what I said. <laughs> <laughs> there's only love now. Yeah. Yeah. Another <clears throat> little marker of the love of money would be you're greedy. Yeah. It sounds like, a given, 
But you could also maybe see, well, maybe you can notice this easier in other things. Mm. I'm greedy when I'm given cookies out. The plate of cookies comes out. I make sure I get the one with the most chocolate chips. Mm. When I dish out the ice cream into the bowls, I grab the bowl with the most in it. Mm. <laughs> there are other better ways to see greed than always. And if just you're doing that with account, ice cream and cookies, you're doing it with money. Very almost guaranteed you're doing it with the money too. Yep. <laughs> it's in our, you can tell how it comes up in our house and we're trying to teach certain children about this virtue <laughs> and it always plays out in the cookies and the ice cream. Yep. <clears throat> Ooh. Okay. Here's another one. This is going to be a gut, gut bunch for some of you. And it, you know, in some ways this is a call out on myself from a few years ago. You're spending time on earning and growing your money, but not in daily prayer or frequenting the sacraments. Mm. Which oh. treasure are you working on? Ooh, it's an ouchy one, but it's, this is as clear as day. I can ask myself now, like, did I spend the whole week every day trying to build our business and stabilize our income? And I didn't have a day where I went to the chapel and we didn't go to daily mass when we said we were going to. And I, mm. I virtually had no prayer life. I slipped rosary in maybe once like that is an imbalance. Mm. That is an imbalance. <clears throat> and just as a disciple, like daily prayer, as frequent as prudent uh, reception of the sacraments, like these things are our rocks, our big rocks in our life. And everything else needs to come around them, not the other way. I squeeze these in when my pursuits and my career allow. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. We plant these as the bedrock of our life. And then the other things, they just got to find time. And God will take care of us. This is a reality. And if we are flipped in this, it doesn't mean we need to be spending 40 hours in prayer. Nope. But at least a commitment to daily prayer. And, and as frequent, as reasonable, and prudent as reception of the sacraments, those need to be our, our number one priorities on any given day. Um, but if we're, yeah, if we're flipped, and the first thing we think about is making money, and the last thing we think about is our prayer life, we have a, a love of money problem. Mm -hmm. Ouchie. If you are judging others based on their income. Mm. Maybe oh, even judging yourself mm. based on your income. Oh, look at him! And I'm—I know I'm only making half of what he's doing. I'm must, you know, I'm—I'm I'm half the husband, or whatever it is. Mm. Or oh, look at them! Yeah, look at that car they're driving. <laughs> Whoa! Those poor people are just lazy. They just need to get it together and bootstrap their way. Mm -hmm. Those rich people are just corrupt and disgusting and greedy. Like mm. anytime we're tempted to give a judgment, cast a judgment. It's a little seed that we've got a love of money problem under the surface. And we've got to go around pointing fingers at other people to not look at the root in our own selves. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. Next money is getting in the way of your vocation. Ooh, this could look mm. a lot of different ways. Husband and wife money is a source of tension, bitterness, resentment. Um, you are newlyweds and you're scared of having kids until you get your financial ducks in a row. Um, mm -hmm. You want to get married 
but you want to be more secure and you want to buy a house first and, mm-hmm. or, th- or you're working, you want to go to religious life and you've you got can't. a bunch of kids, but you're working 90 hours a week and you never see them. Right. Yep. There's so many ways that money could be this wedge that gets between you and your vocation and what you're really called to do this side of heaven. Pay attention to that. Hone in on it. Eradicate it. This, here's one. Maybe it's two. It's one coin, two sides. Mm. You don't budget. You're not paying attention to what you're doing. Or you obsess mm. over the budget and sweat every little financial detail. Yep. I have been there. I have been in that spot. And I think I've mentioned it on other podcast episodes where there's times, you know, you oh, know, I know, I know if I get on the budget more than once a week, mm. I have a problem. And now we don't allow me to go to the budget more than once a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a love of money problem going on <laughs> and it was the love of control. Yes. That was how it was manifesting for me. Mm-hmm. Gripping that budget and riding it till the hogs came home, yep. <laughs> trying to squeeze another dollar out of it. <laughs> and the other way, if you're, you're not budgeting, you f- I don't want to be restricted in my spending. I don't want anything telling me what I can do mm. with my money. I'm going to spend it how I want, when I want, on what I want. Mm. I want that for my money. No budgets telling me what to do. Mm-hmm. Even though you're the one who makes the budget. Right. <laughs> you tell it what to do. Yes, right. Exactly. Both sides represent a struggle with the love of money. All right. We got just a few more. Hang in with us. Next would be just to those business owners. Um, Gosh, I have watched myself and sometimes in certain seasons get a little bit entranced by the by some of the marketing. Mm. Uh, But now I've I can see it from a mile away and I just want to warn any other new entrepreneurs to not get sucked into this. The obsession with building passive income, which, you know, leads you to feeling like you're smarter than other people. And now, um, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but you got all the pats on the back. You figured it out. You only work four hours a week and you make a million dollars. And now you're going to go ahead and use envy-based marketing to make everybody else feel like a pile of crap. So they buy your program and now they get to go ahead and do the same thing and they get to unlock the three secrets. (laughs) I think we have all seen this formula play out, Um, but they're using the love of money as the backbone of it oftentimes. And you just need to be wary of it and you be careful um, and just make sure you're going into it with the right right motives. Yeah. In the same way that nacho cheese Doritos have been engineered to have more taste than is appropriate in one bite of food and make you desire to eat another chip. A lot of advertising out there is similarly, similarly designed Mm -hmm. to take advantage of certain, either it's systems in our brain and our thinking or little bits of our concupiscence to pull at us mm, to trigger mm-hmm. this love of money, this desire yep, for yep, wealth yep. and riches to get us to go take action, give them the money yep. that they're looking for. Absolutely. And we need to be careful about that. Similarly, uh, if you're falling into comparison, into competition, if, oh, oh, okay, then they, he just got a new car. All right, we got, we're going down to the lot. We got to upgrade. Mm-hmm. I saw this person on Instagram 
twirl around in this dress from blah, blah, blah company. Well, even though we can't really afford it and my husband is adamant that I don't spend money on clothes right now, I'm buying it anyway. Mm-hmm. I need this. Yeah. Like those are examples where you're, you're putting comparison and competition as the driver of that next purchase. Yep. Yep. All right. Next one, neglecting your vocation or committing sin um, to obtain money. Mm. And when I thought of this one, mm. it was the blowing off Sunday mass to work. Girl, I got a story here. Okay. Here, from, tell from me. Grandpa Bailey. Grandpa Bailey. You know, it's a good one. It's going to be a good one. He would tell me this story when we were driving around town. It's just this lady he knew from the parish. And she worked cleaning hotel rooms. And she, they were just, they were talking about work or something. I don't know. And it came up that she was looking to get work at a different hotel to earn more money, mm-hmm. move up in her, her career. And she got this job offer from Holiday Inn that would pay her a bunch more money than she was currently making. Mm. But. But she had to work on Sunday. Mm. She didn't take the job. She wow. told my grandfather, Holiday Inn is not going to save my soul. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> There's a woman with her head screwed there on. There it is. Now, maybe she could have negotiated for, uh, and been able to go to mass and then mm-hmm. still. <laughs> or just, hey, I'm working all these other days right. for you. I don't I'm work this day. Yeah, okay. It, Holiday and is hey, going to She was soul. clear. She was clear on her convictions. But Bingo. Yeah. I, you know, sometimes our work will put us into conundrums and, um, you know, they are our paycheck, but absolutely not. I'm not like, if your work is asking you to, miss Sunday mass or to do anything that would cause you to mortal sin. Like yeah, yeah. immediate go, go stop. against your morals. Yes. No, we're done here. You mm. stand up for what it is that you need to do. You'll come in late. You leave early. They let you take a long break. They need to, you need to stand up for that and to fight for that and to not let a paycheck get in the way of that. Absolutely. All right. And then the last one, certainly not least is Oof. this, Oh my gosh, I hate I think this, this phrase. Yeah, this might turn into its own podcast. Time is money. Time is money. Haven't that we all heard the phrase, time is money? BS. Time is money. Because if money is the metric of time, if I'm not earning money at every second, I'm a failure. If, t- if money really is the metric of, of our time. Yeah. If, it's not. If, yeah. Time is money. That means why am I eating dinner with my family? It's not the right metric. Why am I going to church? Why am I sleeping? Mm-hmm. Any of this. Yeah. So if you're slipping into that, then love of money might be at play. Yeah. All right. Bring us back home, John. So pick yourself up the floor. (laughs) You're probably not some Scrooge McDuck, you know, swimming in your coin vault. Terrible human being. Maybe you've maybe some of these perked your ears up to your conscience a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. But do know, I thought these, isn't this the Catholic money show? Don't these people teach you how to do stuff with money? Yeah, here they are dogging on it. Yeah, what's what's going (laughs) on? Who is this? What's happening? You must understand that there is a difference between caring about managing your money and caring about money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, huge difference. I'm going after the money. I want the money. I'm taking this job for the money. I'm doing this for the money. I want them to see my money. 
is way different than, oh, I, I, was, I was given this money. I earned this money. It's been entrusted I want to make to me. sure I do the best I can with it. Mm-hmm. Or any decision I'm going to make about earning or spending or investing. Mm-hmm. It's always with the eyes on the prize, the activated disciple that Paul is talking to. That heaven is going to be my filter. And you're going to be fighting hard to make sure that you're using strategies that are smart. You know, we want to be innocent as doves and wise as serpents. Isn't that what it talks about? Kind of in our worldly affairs of the things that we just have to do in this world. We're not going to let it choke. It's not going to choke us or make us unfruitful. We're going to be always discerning ways that it's trying to grow up on us trying to come in, get thorny. Mm. We're going to be watching, discerning. And that's what we want to leave you with at the end of this episode is our financial examination of conscience. Mm-hmm. If you haven't had enough, <laughs> we're going to give it to you some more. We get a few more blows across the cheek. <laughs> All right. This is, it's more than just the love of money, right? This is, this is maybe a particular examine. Yeah, this was. This but was. this is a, uh, you can download this at walletwin.com slash examination or click the link in the show notes, of course. And this will take you through, this is something I think is very helpful to go through regularly. Mm-hmm. Help you understand, how am I relating with money? How is, how is I'm this? I'm thinking about it. How is this showing up in my life, in my moral decisions, and how can I get better at it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so download that um, and enjoy. Yeah, <laughs> enjoy. Anything that helps us grow in holiness is something to be enjoyed. So there you have it. Until next time, bye for now. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.